say that, that's anti-science. Must stay on <laughs> the free 11 day here on the Check Your Brain podcast. Tony Mazur here. Yes, it is 311 day. I've resigned myself to the fact that 311 is dad rock now. It's dad rock. Daddy, what did you like growing up? What kind of music did, were you into? Well, I kind of like the little bit of hard rock mixed with some uh, white boy reggae and white boy rapping. Well, there are 311 songs. This is on their Mardi Gras 2020 album. Here, it's another good. Uh, let's try this one. Yeah, good stuff. All right, I won't play enough. Of that. I, I have a 311 shirt. I've seen them, I think, eight times in concert. And uh, so I won't talk about them too much. I, I, actually, that is a good segue to bring them up here in a second. But by the way, before I get started, thank you, fine folks, for subscribing on now Apple Podcasts. I am on Apple, so this is my inaugural Apple podcast. Like there, I have a few that are up there already because I just got the email. I got approved yesterday, and I'm promoting that, so I appreciate you fine folks for subscribing to that. I'm also on Spotify if you're listening to this. Tune in slash Alexa, Pandora, Google Podcasts. So I'm everywhere. I'm not that controversial yet. Just wait. It's not a QAnon podcast. By the way, that's Red Bull right now, because I desperately need it today. Oh, oh boy, I'm, I'm pretty tired. But I, I really couldn't wait to do this podcast today, because as I think a lot of people know, uh, 3-11 is basically the day, not just the band, but March 11th was kind of the day of the last day of normalcy a year ago, 2020. And I want to kind of go over my day, because I don't know how it compares to yours, but I had a little bit of a different perspective because I was out of town during it. So, by the way, before I also again before I get going, again, give me a five-star re- review and a rating, just please. <laughs> I'm begging you. No, I I don't care whatever you do. I'm also on Patreon, by the way. If you check me out, uh, Patreon.com/slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R, and uh, subscribe for podcasts. I have a bunch of guests that are on there. So for five bucks a month, just five bucks, you get access to every guest that's on the free podcast. Weeks, maybe even months before they will be uh, uploaded. And you're going to get a podcast every Wednesday. Now, this is coming out on a Thursday, but every Wednesday you will get a podcast. So it's, and it, the free ones are usually with guests. But the Patreon, you get more podcasts. So I get an opportunity to talk a little bit about. Uh, like this, for example, like today I'm making today free because I want to, because I think it's a kind of a seminal anniversary. <laughs> so I would like to uh, do this one for free, but I talk about pop culture. I talk politics. I talk uh, sports. I go whatever's kind of on my mind that day. And I do like a half hour, sometimes an hour podcast. So for $5 or $10 for $10, you get every podcast, basically anything. I also have a $20 level. I haven't figured out what I want to do. So just subscribe to five or ten, whatever you want to. So that's uh, on Patreon. So I'm on basically all the podcast platforms right now. All right, let's do it. So what did you do a year ago today? We look back, dealt with this year, dealt with everything. And I'm going to go over a lot of what we've learned and maybe what we haven't learned in this past year. But a year ago today... Um, and I've mentioned it on previous podcasts that I've done on the Patreon, is 
I, uh, so I, for folks who know, I work at a radio station and I work morning radio at a radio station in Akron. I'll say it, W-A-K-R. And, but the thing, you know, the thing is we don't make Howard Stern money. We don't make Rush Limbaugh money. Well, he's not making too much money now anyways. <laughs> the, we don't make a lot of money in radio. And it's kind of understood, especially nowadays, that it's like, look, who really wants to advertise on radio anymore? It's not much of, it's not a real possibility and not a real money maker to be in this business. I mean, let's be honest here. As the joke I say that I said on stage over the weekend, working in radio in 2021 is kind of like working at a blockbuster video in about 2007. It's fine for now. It's nostalgic, but I should probably get my resume <laughs> All patched up a little bit just to make sure. So that's just what it is. So I have to have a, I had to have a second job. And for a number of years, I did have a second job. I still kind, I'm still technically employed, but they don't really need me as much to work for a promotions company. So back in the day, back in 2009, when I was 21, I worked at a, I worked at Radio Disney. We had a Radio Disney affiliate in Cleveland. And I uh, was working promotions. So I DJed these events. We go to schools. We go to, uh, in, like, inside of classrooms. We'd be in gymnasiums. We'd be outside in parties in the park and gazebos. And even to the point where we're doing winter fests and we're at the zoos and everything you can think of. We're at shopping malls. What's been affected during this time is schools, shopping malls gatherings, outdoor, indoor events, everything. So we really haven't, we haven't done anything, really, and especially not me. I think they've done some virtual things that might. But Radio Disney closed up shop in 2014, at least as far as the local affiliates, and I think they are completely shutting down now. I believe that's the case, um, that they don't need it. You know, who wants heavily sanitized, Disney, <laughs> Disneyized versions of, what, Dua Lipa songs? Yeah, that's because that's what we want. We, that's what we want right now. So, um, so I was out there in California last year. So I, I was able to build up a bunch of comp days. And for the last couple of years, I've been going on these trips. So we would go out to California. We go to Colorado. We went to Rhode Island, went to New York, and went to a bunch of places. So they were like my work trips. And when I'd be out in California, there would be times where we did have time off that we can do whatever. And usually for me, it was going to an In-N-Out burger. It was going to the beach, going to In-N-Out. And uh, yeah. And then like there would be one day where I'd go up to LA. So in 2009, I went up there, wanted to try and do some stand-up at the Ice House in Pasadena, went to the comedy store, hung out in the back area, ran into literally Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey was there with comedian Theo Vaughn at the comedy store. And the you know, guy was a short guy wearing a black hooded sweatshirt, and we I sit down in the I sit down in the back bar, and the bartender was like, "Cause it's the comics only bar," and she's like, hey, "Did you see Kevin Spacey was here tonight?" I'm like, "I knew I recognized him. This was disgraced Kevin Spacey. Well, he's still kind of, but this is a little more uh, closer to the Me Too movement that he got canceled from. So." That was one year, and it was a fun trip. I was out there at the comedy store, and was in LA. So I said, "Well, let's let's repeat." And everybody knows when you have when you do something once and it's really fun. If you want to try and recreate again, because that time I, I hiked through the Hollywood Hills and it was great. This time, not so much, because so last year I went to California. We 
we flew into uh, both times flew into San Diego. The first time we stayed in Oceanside, and the second time was in Carlsbad, so right across the street from like a small airport. And we went out there March eighth of twenty twenty. Now this is where you were starting to hear stories about this coronavirus, this coronavirus, and kind of we joked about it. And when I say we, not just my coworkers, but it was kind of, I don't want to say it was a joke, but it was kind of how we looked at the Ebola situation in 2014 and SARS in 2003. I was in high school when the SARS outbreak happened, and we kind of made jokes about it by saying, oh, you know, like if a friend of ours had a cold and, you know, skipped a day, it's like, oh, he's got the SARS, he's got SARS. I remember my science teacher at the time was, uh, he was out for a few days, and he says, uh, he says, guys want to clear up a couple of things. He was a young teacher. He's a cool dude, Chad Robinson. And he's like, uh, I just want to clear up a couple of things. One, I did not have SARS. I did, was sick for a couple of days. I had a flu bug from Easter. And the second thing is Bill Nye, the science guy, did not die of a heroin overdose. <laughs> yep, that was our school. That was fun. So, but that, but it was kind of a joke. So it was like, oh, don't get the Rona, don't get the Rona. And, oh, if you've been to a public bathroom at a concert hall, if you've survived that, you can survive this coronavirus. That was the big joke at the time. There were no masks. The only people wearing masks were Asian people on airplanes. And you kind of give them a look a little bit, but it's like, what, do you think my germs are going to kill you? And... Uh, so March 8th, we would fly out there, and there were two things that we were told at the time, which were wash your hands and don't touch your face. Wash your hands, don't touch your face. Wash your hands, don't touch your face. Over and over again, do you need hand sanitizer here? Some hand sanitizer. You're touching things on a plane. We're at an airport. There's a lot of people. We're packed in there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, boy, if this coronavirus is scaring some people, I might get a window seat. <laughs> I remember, no, I think I had an aisle seat. Luckily, it wasn't a middle seat like I normally do. So we go out there, and we're doing these school events in San Marcos, California, and Carlsbad, and we were going around uh, that whole area. Well, the one day, which was a year ago today, we worked a school, and I said, look, I, I'd love, like to go up and do something, go to an event, see if I have any, you know, anything to do. So I had always wanted to go to Staples Center, and this was not long after Kobe died, so I knew that there was going to be a lot of Kobe tributes up there, and I was thinking of concerts to go to, something, something to do, because I wanted to go to the comedy store, but is, I always looked on, um, I forgot what the app, I think it's called Bands in Town, and I would always try to find a, a, a concert hall or a concert that I can go to, or a ball game or a comedy show, just to see what, what's happening. Well, I thought about 311 on 311 day. They were in Vegas. And let's see if I look this up here really quickly. So if I said Carlsbad Airport, which is. Okay. So I do this to Las Vegas. Just doing this really quick. Sorry. I'm, I'm sure it's just riveting podcasts right now. Um, four hours and 33 minutes. And I was just like, yeah, and then Vegas traffic, and I might be going around L.A., so I might deal with L.A. traffic, so it might be a little longer. And I'm just going to skip that. So I said, well, then I'll just take the two hours to L.A. So I drove up to L.A., stuck in traffic, of course, and our event didn't I, – I rented the car at 3 o'clock, so I didn't have a ton of time. 
Well, I saw the L.A. Kings were in town, and the, uh, they were playing the Ottawa Senators. So let's see. I'll play this in the background here. A little bit of hockey. I was at this game. First period. Tie up on the opening faceoff. Andre Kopitar wins it back, and we're underway. So what's interesting about this? So I went well, I, first. I went to a Bob's Big Boy on Riverside in Burbank and had a nice Big Boy sandwich because I love Big Boy, and I love going there. The Beatles sat back there, and Bob Hope, and a lot of people were in that area. It's right across the street from the Gary Marshall Theater, and so I went over there, and it was about to walk into the. Staples Center when I get a call from one of my coworkers. Well, this is when, at this precise moment, just before the tip-off, was the NBA cancels their season. The NHL basically canceled after this game, and Tom Hanks has coronavirus. And because it's Tom Hanks, who's America's dad, we need to be so con so damn concerned. Even if it wasn't in America, but how we think Tom Hanks is going to die of this virus, which he never did he was fine and he's not even in the country anymore and wasn't in at the time so i'm watching this hockey game and the, the arena probably has 3000 people it's a 20000 seat venue 3000 people so i did that i went to go see this hockey game that's playing in the background i think i stayed for a for a period and then i left because i went to go see a concert which was right down the street from staples center which was Soul Asylum. It's not my video, but it may as well be, because whoever was filming this video, it's Soul Asylum Misery Live 311-20 at Terragram Ballroom, and there is me in front of this guy. I'm like, this is the same angle I saw, and sure enough, there's my stupid head right there. And doing a little head bop. And I wasn't sure if it was exactly me, but then I saw my the Fitbit that I had on my wrist. But it was a cool show, Local H and Soul Asylum. So then I left there, the Terragram Ballroom, and went over to the Comedy Store. And I checked out a little bit of the Comedy Store, and I couldn't stay long because I, I had to get up for, for work the next day. Because we had, oh, we had to get back to the hotel and go to sleep and then go to, this, go to one of the school events. Well, we had one school event that day. It was, it, it was supposed to be like five, but we only did one because the governor and the teachers union, all this, were concerned about the kids and that they might have to send them home. And then Mike DeWine, our governor in Ohio, decides that, okay, we're going to start doing some, we're, we're going to start spring break now, and we're going to go for a couple of weeks. So because of that, and we're at the school, we have to start packing up all our stuff, and we're like, okay, what do we do? It's like, well, let's find the first flight back to Cleveland. And so we did, which was the next day on Friday, the 13th. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, got, back to, got back to Ohio, and things started changing. So my buddy came over on the 14th. My wife, who was my fiancé at the time, was at her bachelorette party in New Orleans. So we weren't, we weren't even in the same time zone at that time. So the 15th, the Ides of March. Started seeing things really change, and we were in a, uh, my buddy and I went to breakfast or lunch or whatever, whatever time it was that we rolled out of bed, and they announced that at 9 o'clock they're going to shut the restaurants down. 
So I said, well, okay. And then they're probably going to shut the churches down. So I went to church and I met my parents for dinner at about 6.30, 7 o'clock. And that was it. And I said, well, at least the gym's open. I'm going to go tomorrow after work. And sure enough, they're shutting the TVs off on the 16th at the Planet Fitness I was at and telling people, hey, governor said gym's closed now. We got to go. Couldn't even wait. I wasn't even done with my workout. I still my pre-workout still in my system. So I had to kind of balance that out with some melatonin or something. So the world changed. The world changed at that time. Now, I don't know how if your story is different from mine because I did things. And I kind of had this like feeling that the world was changing, that there was going to be a little bit of a – a change in the normalcy. And we started hearing not long after that, this, what is a new normal? And how are different are we a year ago today that we are now? And you're seeing kind of on social media right now a lot of the anniversaries, the shutdown of the NBA. I think uh, ESPN has like a piece on it they're doing and how everything got together. And just this past year has just been... It really has been dreadful for the majority of the people, but not for everyone. So I want to I want to go over a lot of the stuff that kind of happened. First of all, big shout out to Silk City Hot Sauce. Thank you, Jeff. I need to get some of the um, the badass Jew hot sauce, the Ehrenberg hot sauce. <laughs> I still, by the way, Jeff, I want to I want to have a one of those like hot smoking chipotle sauce. I know Bob Bickerstaff has one of them, but I would love uh, a. Uh, Love, maybe, maybe to brand one of my own, or maybe I can uh, throw some recipes, like to try something. So thank you, Jeff, and Silk City Hot Sauce. Thank you for your support on Patreon as well. So what happened in that time a year ago? What has changed? Well, the first thing that changed was a lot of the big events got shut down. We're in Ohio, we have the Arnold Expo, which is the Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, meathead weightlifting exposition that's in Columbus. And everyone gets together, and they get pre-workout samples and protein samples, and they have the, uh, and like they have exhibitions there at the, whatever convention center that's in downtown Columbus, and they shut that, and they also have competitions there too, like weightlifting and deadlifting competitions, and they had to shut that down. That was basically the first thing that happened, and I think the first death in Ohio may have been March nineteenth, but then you started seeing things fall into place. Okay, the NBA is going to get shut down. Hockey's getting shut down. Spring training got shut down. We don't know about the NFL draft and what the NFL is going to do. They're not necessarily the most progressive organization, at least at that time. And then, you know, the summer happened. So, and then St. Patrick's Day. What do we do with St. Patrick's Nope, we're shutting St. Patrick's Day down. No more St. Patrick's Day. So what do you do next? Well, then we have things like in Ohio and Buffalo is Dingus Day, the Polish St. Patrick's Day. That's shut down. Well, when is that? It's after Easter. Well, Easter's shut down. We can't do that. Can't go to church. Can't go to stations, stations of the cross. There were so many things that just everything got postponed. So like if, you, if there was a concert that you wanted to see on April 14th, and they said, okay, we probably can't do it, but maybe we'll try again in August. Well, then August got pushed back. Then, oh, maybe we'll try again. Just No. Nope. And then just basically it's indefinite or they waited until the next year. But there's no, there's no chance that things are going to return to the normal that we thought about a year ago today. That when a lot of people were scared of what is coming next, this virus, is this Ebola or is this a flu? Well, I'm not saying it's a flu, but it's leaning more towards a flu than it is Ebola. 
And we learned a lot more about this virus, and we're learning more about the impact of it. I'm not a doctor, not an epidemiologist, but I can read graphs. Yes, I'm not denying science, but when you start realizing that this virus is very seasonal and that places like Texas and Arizona and Florida got hit because it's also an indoor virus, if you, and it, they were getting hit in the summertime because it's 117 degrees every day in those three places. So people were stuck inside, while people in the north, when it's 75, 80, are getting outside and getting fresh air. That's why we in Ohio had very low numbers throughout the summertime and why Florida did not. But then it changed. When Florida wasn't blazing hot, wasn't surface of the sun hot, and their cases went way down, and then ours went back up. Seasonal. We know a lot more about this. Yes, we don't know about the effects that it may have with certain people, but what we've seen was it was the elderly and the obese and people with pre-existing conditions and comorbidities that this is affected. The thing is, a lot of us have known this. There was a story just this past week that said uh, most of the people have, a, have an increased BMI. It's like over the level of that. And you're like, yeah, exactly. Same with the nursing home deaths. It was a high BMI. This is what happens. This is what we've dealt with. We've no, we've, honestly, if you paid attention and weren't scared, you've known this since April. <laughs> this is a year now, and people are just getting hip to this? Apparently it is. So pandemic basically starts a year ago today. And what did we hear about the shutdowns of schools and restaurants and businesses and churches and AA clinics and, and meetings and everything? And they were told you're not essential. We, we, the elites, know what's essential and what's not. And we're going to tell you what's essential and what's not. And therefore, if you work in a hospital, if you're a grocery store employee, um, that's it. No one else is essential. Restaurants, bars, if you, if you work in any, any type of service industry, we do not deem you to be essential, so therefore you must shut your business down because of a virus that statistically doesn't kill that many people. I'm sorry. You could t call me anti-science, uh, grandma killer, which I've been hearing. It's, it's the truth. Who's to say, I don't care if you're a governor, I don't care if you're a health director, I don't care if you're just some schlub on the street. You have no right to tell people whose job is essential and who's not. I'm sorry. And we should have known this a year ago. But remember, 15 days to flatten the curve. 15 days, that's just what we need. Because it wasn't COVID zero. This wasn't zero COVID. That wasn't the goal. When we say that we're going to crush the virus and flatten the curve, what it was was to not overwhelm the hospitals, not to overwhelm the medical facilities and the nursing homes. That's what this was about. This was never about trying to make sure no one ever gets sick. But this, this is sick. This is a sick idea of saying that we can't get back to normal until COVID's gone. I'm sorry, it's just, it's not possible. And in fact, a year ago, even a little bit more than a year ago, so like at the end of February, early March, you said, look, pandemics are inevitable. The only thing we can do is to not overwhelm the hospitals. Well, guess what? Hospitals really were not overwhelmed at all. Well, it's because people took the proper measures and they wore their masks. And I'll get to that in a second. The hospitals were not, hospitals were just, you know, there were floors that were shut down. So, I, I, I 
I don't know, man. It's really just not a it's not a it's not a good situation. It's not a good situation and it's still not. But at the time, they scared enough people into their homes. But here's the thing. If you want to tell people, this this is what I this is what I thought at the time. If you want to tell people to stay home for a week or two, and then we'll go back to work and everything will be fine. We'll, we're just trying to make sure that this, this massive spike that we're having right now is just flattened a little bit. What it should have been was, if you're sick, stay home. If you're somebody who is vulnerable, stay home and we'll get you your groceries. We'll get you your food. We'll do our FaceTime and we'll wave through the window or whatever the case. But the rest of us should have still stayed at work. Instead, it's a year now. I know I have friends of mine who work who have own a concert venue. Haven't had a concert, haven't had any of that. They're waiting for handouts, and it's not for their fault. See, here's the difference. Here's the difference because they're like, oh well, now we're all socialists because we're begging for money. No, it, if your business got shut down by the government, it's the equivalent of you have a house and the government wants to build a freeway that goes through your backyard. And if that's the case, then you could say, okay, well, if you're going to if you're going to knock my house down because you need to build an overpass, that's fine, but I need to be compensated for it. And of course, what do the government do is they give you a, a, a measly $1200 check for a little bit to tide you over, and then another 600 uh, uh many 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 months later just to go, see, you know, we care. And then you realize a lot of that bailout money went to Darden restaurants, and you just had all these people, especially a lot of conservatives, who were talking about, oh, socialism, socialism, we, we can't stand that. And yet they're waiting in line with their handout. They're, they're wanting more, like Oliver Twist. Learned a lot about our society. And here's the one of the things that really bothered me. You want to talk about authoritarianism. Are you kidding me? I think the angriest I've ever been in my life was April of 2020. So in April of 2020, we're dealing with staying home, the virtual NFL draft, couldn't see your family on Easter, couldn't do anything. I mean, the weather was pretty crummy anyways. And I have to sit there and wait for guidance from my governor and a health director? How many times did you hear from a health director in, in the history of God? You basically, you heard from your local health director when they wanted, uh, when they told you to not leave the hot dogs and hamburgers laying out on the picnic table during Fourth of July because you don't want a, a fly to, you know, take a dump on it and give you Zika virus. That was about it. You didn't really hear much from the health directors in those days. But instead, we had to have all of our governors get together and do these daily press conferences telling us, we need you to stay home, to stay. There's no reason for you to go anywhere. Look, just, this is a vacation for you. Just watch Netflix. Tiger King, you like that Tiger King? Hey, you got toilet paper and you got Tiger King. That's what it was. 2020 was toilet paper and Tiger King. Just stay home. What are you doing? There's no reason to go anywhere. You, you people in your, oh, you just want to do things. Oh, come on. You're just a bunch of babies. You don't want to wear your mask. Make sure you're washing your groceries. I mean, people were doing that. They were taking their grocery bags and their groceries and washing them. Now, I can understand taking an apple 
and washing it under the sink to get the pesticides and whatever else is on there and that before eating it. Instead, they're doing that with all of their products. People are, people are getting home if they had to go to the grocery store. This, now, this is before the double masking, but they got their, their mask on, and then they're basically disrobing in their living room and quarantining their clothes and washing them. Yes, I said washing. It's like, what are we doing here? This is a, this is a, this is a, a flu. Oh, God, what are we? So I'm going to have to sit there and listen to my governor and, and then when there really wasn't much to talk about, I had to hear him talk about his pies, his wife's pies. You know, Fran's pies, she makes a really good cherry, but, uh, you know, we're coming upon uh, the springtime and strawberry pies are really good. She's got a great recipe. Uh, what she does is she puts a little bit of the, you know, the uh, a little bit of cinnamon inside the graham cracker crust. I don't care. And then you got your stupid Cuomo where he's getting Emmys and, and yucking it up with his brother on CNN with large nasal swabs. And I got to hear him talk about, oh, my sausage and the meatballs that, uh, that my mother made. Oh, it's just the, you know, the, you should try the meatballs and the sauce and, you know, shut up. I have to, I have to get, I have to sit at home. And listen, and in Ohio, we had with, people were calling it wine with DeWine. So, you know, when you're on your Zoom calls, I'm just going to pour a glass of Chardonnay or maybe, you know, a little Merlot. Like, what am I thinking? Let's see, it's Wednesday today. Should I go with the Merlot or should I, do I go red or white today? Because I'm going to do wine with DeWine and get the latest COVID numbers. People did this. They made t-shirts. Somebody actually made a Laverne and Shirley style cartoon of Dr. Amy Acton, the far left wing medical director and the rhino governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine. Somebody made a Laverne and Shirley like they're just two, two pals. Like I, this is disgusting. I don't want to. There shouldn't be worship of any of these politicians. Well, the reason why we're not going back to normal yet is because those politicians and those medical directors are power mad. They don't want to give this up. This is the most publicity, the most power that they've ever had. They've never dreamed of having this kind of power over people. And what they fear is dissent. They fear you deciding, screw this, enough of it. So that's why a lot of people were going to state capitals in Columbus and Lansing, Michigan last year, and protesting. They were in Harrisburg. They were in all the state capitals saying, open our businesses. There's no reason for this. There's no reason for us to be shut down, but you decide what's essential and what's not. It's disgusting. So things, at least in Ohio, start reopening in, what about like towards the end of May? And then, of course... What happened after that? George Floyd. So then the protests, and then Jacob Blake, and Ahmaud Arbery, and a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests. So those same people that two weeks ago were telling you, you need to stay home. There's no reason for you to go to Applebee's right now. There's no reason for any of this. You need to stay home. Stay home. There is a virus. This is a pandemic. We're the same people that said, 
racism is a bigger pandemic than COVID. Go out on the streets with tens of thousands of your fellow people. Make sure you wear your mask. So it's the hypocrisy. So we went from 15 days to flatten the curve to you're not allowed out of your house. We may as well weld you into your home, except you can still go to the grocery store. Because we, well, we told healthy people that could have gotten the virus, maybe probably a mild case or asymptomatic. We kept hearing about that one in May or June. And then they would have recovered and they would have been fine. Instead, we kept them home. And I go to the grocery store and there's old people there. Like, no, 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 you need to stay home. You're in your 80s. You've lived 80 good years. Oh, that's not very pro-life of you, Tony. How, how dare you say that people, that's very selfish. I'm like, no, no, no. What's selfish is that I have to sit there and think the 80-year-old should dictate how healthy, young, 20, 30, 40, 50-somethings should do with their lives. And what are you doing to children? You shut down the schools, made them go virtual. How, how many kids have died of COVID that weren't that didn't have diabetes or didn't have leukemia or lupus or something, like normal children, how many of them died compared to the amount of, and I'm talking seven, 18 and under, that have died from COVID compared to those who have died of deaths of despair, suicide, drug overdose. But we don't care about that. You know, even though Mental Health Awareness Month, but no, you didn't, really don't care about their mental health. And you don't care about being aware of their mental health. I know I'm probably talking a million miles an hour, but this just, it really pisses me off, this whole thing. So instead, we kept healthy people home, weakened their immune systems. I mean, there are people to this day probably haven't even been out of their house. I retweeted somebody this morning that says, this is day 364 of staying home, and look, you know, I'm kind of sad, but I'm glad that I'm staying safe. Good for, I'm not going to curse right now, but good for you. I curse, I curse on my podcast sometimes. So good for friggin' you. You're staying. I actually know people who haven't really left their home. The only time they leave their home right now is if they go outside to walk their dog. Like, are, are you kidding me? You are brainwashed. That is absolute brainwash. You really believe that this spooky virus, is gonna, if you get sick... Do I want to get sick? No. I prefer not to get sick. But if I do, I do. And I really haven't been sick. Well, maybe it's because you're wearing your mask. Or maybe it's the fact that I've been at the gym since it's been, it's been opened and I play softball. And by the way, today, currently, as I'm recording this here in Akron, Ohio, it's currently 63 degrees. And it's going to be in the mid-60s today. I'm going to go for a walk outside. I'm going to get some exercise. And I've been eating better, too. I've cut the fast food, really cut booze out for, you know, except for a couple of times this year. But for the most part, I'm really not been drinking that much and I haven't had any fast food. So I'm trying to take care of myself. Why can't others do that? Instead, you're sitting at home, slumped over on your couch, watching Netflix, eating a gallon of ice cream, and then having DoorDash or Grubhub. Oh, boy, I could really go for some. Oh. Which, am I feeling pizza, or am I feeling chicken wings, or should I go healthy and get hamburgers? Hmm, what should I get? How about none of the above? Go to the grocery store, make better food for yourselves. But no, no, 
You're going to incubate yourself to be basically, everybody's a bubble boy now. So if somebody coughs three miles away, you might get the virus. How about all the people that didn't leave their homes like all last year, finally felt a little bit comfortable to go to the grocery store, and then they get COVID. And then they say, oh, I just, I, I double mask, I wear gloves, I don't know how I got it. It's because it's a virus. It's because your little mask that you have that you think works. I, I don't know who coined it, who coined this phrase, but it's like trying to stop mosquitoes with a chain link fence. It's a virus. Virus gone virus is what they say. The mask thing is just, ugh. It's become a cult now. Because the mask is a form of, I don't want to say fascism, but it's a way to make the powerless have a taste of power. It's the virtue signal. The, the, the mask debate has basically become virtue signaling. It's kind of what it is. Because let's say, for example, you're walking out of a, a Circle K. And you see somebody who is walking in, and they're wearing your mask, and you're not wearing your mask. And, and whether that we're talking about today, or we're talking about in May or June of last year. And so, hey, put your mask on, and put it over your nose. The mask thing is giving people who never had any type of power over anybody a little taste. Just like all the governors did, just like all the billionaires did, just like all the medical directors did, and the health directors, and commissioners, and everybody. That little bit of power is a little bit of clout that goes a long way for them. So by you being one of these branch Covidians that like to tell people what to say and think and feel and do, and you see somebody who's not wearing a mask, that gives you the upper hand. Hey, put your mask on you son of a bitch you don't care about my grandmother you're a, I can't but how dare you how dare you not and it's like so we're not in this together well the billionaires by the way made more money than ever last year so we're the the middle class who are waiting for a little bit of stimulus and trying to figure out how to keep a roof over our head and put food on our table, are arguing at the store about masks, when in reality, the billionaires made bank off of you and me, and by the government. And the government officials have enjoyed this. And the elites in our country have used this, and not just our country, but over the world, used 2020 and into 2021 as a vacation. It's been a vacation for them. Do you see what Barack Obama did at the end of the year? He put out a list of his favorite streaming shows, his favorite streaming options. And, uh, oh, I was a real big fan of uh, The Crown, and I like WandaVision. That's a great show. I love watching that. And here's a good Marvel movie, and I was really big. In it. It's like, of course you did. You're in your Martha's Vineyard mansion, <laughs> and you're, you have the luxury. You're not doing speaking tours, and you could do everything virtually if you need to. He never really had to worry about anything. The only thing Obama did is, I think, did, didn't he go to George Floyd's memorial? You know, one of the 17 that George Floyd had? That's it. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Or, or I think it was John Lewis. I think he might have gone to John Lewis's. But uh, he treated it as a vacation. So did a lot of elites. 
This was their opportunity. They didn't have to do business trips and speaking tours. They got to catch their breath a little bit and stay home and enjoy their dog and the, the comfort of their own couch and their view of the valley or the view of the ocean or whatever they're looking out onto. Well, we're arguing about toilet paper and masks. Way to go, people. 15 days to flatten the curve. And then there was an election, too. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, it's very, very convenient that there was an election year with an unpopular president, especially among the, those aforementioned elites. The media, the media class, especially the corporate press. Government, both Democrats and Republicans, were not Trump fans. And it just so happened that there was a virus coming from a country that has had tariffs and sanctions put against them over trade deals by a president during a year where he could or could not be reelected. And instead of Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, who had the popularity, or Mike Bloomberg or Pete Buttigieg, the Democrat Party decided to uh, basically take uh, Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar under their wing and tell them, hey, guys, uh, we're making Joe Biden the, the nominee here. He's going to be our nominee. And Joe Biden, who doesn't know what day it is anymore, they, I think they shot him up with B12 or something during the debates and right around the, the presidential election because you look at him now, oof, that's, that's grandpa years after retirement being sent back to the factory to do a couple of jobs. This, he, he, he doesn't know where he is anymore. I mean, it's, it's I, I, I'll speculate and say it's dementia. I, I've seen people, I've had family members who've gone through something like that, and you kind of see the, I mean, it's, it's every day there's a gaffe. He always had gaffes, but now these are mental, like, where am I type of gaffes. And nobody wants to say anything. We got their guy in office. In office, he's a Trojan horse. Joe Biden as president doesn't threaten me, just him personally, because what it is is being president is kind of like the gold watch for years of being a uh, a lackey for the Democrat Party. I mean, decades of it. What were Joe Biden's accomplishments? The crime bill, which is considered racist now. The Clarence Thomas hearings from 30 years ago, how'd that work out? Clarence Thomas is still on, still on the bench right now. And the crime bill he's basically had to apologize for because it's considered racist by today's standards. So we had three major things. COVID, the, the election, and we had the, uh, the, the BLM riots and pro protests. Yes, there were protests that turned into riots, but we were told that those riots are good that uh, Joe Scarborough, Morning Joe, had to like thumb, thumb his nose and say, nah, look, a taco stand getting lit on fire isn't as bad as unarmed people going to the Capitol on January 6th. Oh, okay. And by the way, if I talk about the Capitol, I wonder if I'll get dinged from this. <laughs> Don't care. So where are we at right now? As I'm about to wrap up here in a few minutes, where are we at a year later? We wasted a year. It's a wasted year. Not for everybody, but for the, the American citizen. Waiting for UBI and stimulus so they can sit around and watch more Netflix. 
Haven't you watched enough? I'm tired of watching TV. And I really haven't watched that much TV. I either listen to or do podcasts. And that's where I've been. But you, for a long time, and especially in a lot of places, you can't go to a restaurant and they've got partitions and they have to put every other table. And I have to hear these elitist members of the media, people who I know who are even, even are friends of mine, that were saying, everything's basically reopened. What are you talking about, reopen Ohio? Everything's reopened. What are you it's just making no sense here? When we say reopen Ohio, it's reopen Ohio to 100% capacity, no restrictions, no masks, nothing. Do you think a restaurant can truly make business when they had a curfew and, and make money? When they had a curfew for, what, six months, telling them that your business has to close at 10 o'clock? Especially if you're a bar, when do people go to bars? 10 o'clock. Why were people still getting the virus even though there was a curfew? It's because human beings are human beings. As they said, oh, well, if we can't be at the bar after 10 o'clock, hey, Joe, Tom, Bob, Bill, we're going over to my place and we're going to watch, uh, we're going to watch more Netflix. We're going to watch the South Park episode on the COVID stuff. And they all got together and they probably got COVID. So did, did, did the lockdowns help? Did the curfews help? No, I don't think so. And if, if, they, if you say they did, there's very scant evidence of it. There's very, very, very scant evidence of lockdowns even doing anything. If anything, it's probably we're going to see impact from the lockdowns and the restrictions years from now. I mean, they're little kids. They, they can't even see the face of other people, including kids, other kids. They can't see them because we put a mask on them. And we're telling kids that germs are the worst thing ever. It's germs and terrorism and white people, whatever is up there. But we're now telling kids... Like, I remember being in school and there was a kid who was a germ germaphobe. And he was one of those, like... It was kind of weird. Like, if he washed his hands after everything. And, like, if he touched his desk, he'd have to keep hand sanitizer or wash his hands. And we're like, well, that's kind of strange, a six-year-old who cares that much about germs. Look, we're all germy. Even at the time, you're like, yeah, we're pretty germy. I licked a feather that was on the bus. <laughs> it was on a school bus. I licked a feather. Immediately, I regretted it, but I did it. I used to eat the rock salt that we put on the driveway to break up the ice. We do stupid things as kids. Instead, kids, do kids even play sports anymore? They're in playgrounds that are rubberized. They have, like, like shredded tires, so they basically are falling into pillows when they jump off the swing set. Sometimes you needed to get your ass kicked by a merry-go-round or a teeter-totter or falling off a swing and getting your teeth knocked out. Sometimes that happens. But these parents decide, I don't want my kid to be hurt. Well, no one wants their kid to be hurt, but you need to learn a lesson. Well, I don't want my kids getting sick. I don't, we need to make schools safer. Kids are statistically not dying and getting seriously ill from this virus. Kids are statistically more likely to die of the flu. Oh, what happened to the flu this year, by the way? Oh, no, don't ask any questions. It's because the masks. Everyone's, 
people aren't getting the flu and they're not getting colds because they're wearing masks. Oh, okay. Then why are people getting COVID? Because people are just aren't wearing their masks. People just aren't socially distancing. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. So that's what you're going to tell me? <sighs> Kids out of school. By the way, who does that benefit? Who do, who does the... Who does the schools be, being closed benefit? Like, what, what does it benefit? The private schools have been open since August and September. The private schools, the Catholic schools, the parochial, the, the Jewish schools, they've been open. Home schools has, have been open. It, uh, but the public schools, which are usually in areas of poor, lower class, lower middle class areas, minority areas. Well, we keep them closed. Well, the truancy rates have been high. The, um, you know, every, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. The, uh, the truancy rates, the, uh, the grade point average have just, you know, the grades, like if you're an A student, they're dropping to Bs and Cs. If you were a B student, you're dropping to Ds. If you were a middle of the road student, Fs or incompletes, so who's this benefiting? So we shut down the country, and we shut down the country for old people, for baby boomers. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I... <laughs> That's where we're at. So where do we go forward now? We have vaccines. People are getting their vaccines. We're getting closer towards that herd immunity. But... The powers that be don't want to give that up. That's why they keep talking about variants. Well, the variants, the Texas variant, the California, the New York variant, all these the South African variant, all these variants. Well, didn't they say at the very beginning that the variants, that they may be contagious, but they're not as deadly? Isn't that what they said? So, but if it's part of this COVID zero or zero COVID line where we need to crush this virus, it needs to be crushed. Just completely crush it. It needs to be gone. Crush. Crush the virus. So, okay, so it's got to be it's got to be everything or nothing. It can't be, okay, we have a couple of cases. No, it's just we need to smash it. And we have a new normal. We have a new normal. Gavin Newsom even said the new normal. There, w there won't be another normal. Fauci goes on TV yesterday and said that uh, vaccinated members of the same household can gather together, but slow down in the whole getting your haircut thing. Oh, cool. CDC, if you are fully vaccinated against COVID-19, you can start by doing some things again, like gathering indoors with other fully vaccinated people without wearing masks. And, you know, I, I've been doing that. And I haven't gotten sick. No one really gotten sick. And I've gone on a couple of trips. I went on a honeymoon last year. Since California, I went on a honeymoon. I went to uh, the Carolinas, went to Atlantic City. I've got Florida again we're going to. We want to go to Hilton Head later this summer. I'm going to go on trips, and I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to get sun, get some vitamin A, some vitamin C, some vitamin D, zinc, anything going forward. What is this new normal? New normal is people want to wear masks everywhere because they think that that's their form of safety. So one year into a pandemic, one year of this, I notice I'm like losing my steam here just because I'm getting angrier and angrier. 
Because I, I, I don't know what else to do now. The only thing right now is I'm going to go to the gym today. I've got softball this weekend. I'm going to keep going outside, keep getting fresh air, and keep doing that. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else, but I think other people should find an activity, find something they enjoy, and do that. Go hiking. Go snowboarding. Go skateboarding. Ride your bike. Do whatever you need to do. Get outside and enjoy it. Don't just sit there and wait for the next series to come out on Netflix. Don't just sit there and wait for your governor to tell you what you can and cannot do. These are recommendations, by the way. These are recommendations. The CDC does not run your life. You run your life. You run your own life and you do it. Don't let anyone else tell you what to do and how to think and feel. Don't make a mistake like people did in 2020. You libertarians. You, instead of talking about how you know Black Lives Matter and wear your mask, you should talk about the lockdowns and personal responsibility. You failed. You failed the last year. Republican, anyone in the political class failed. The medical class failed us. So where do we go? Where do we go from here? Do whatever makes you happy. That's all I can say. And I hope you, you know, I'm, I, I'm not all-knowing. I'm not, like I said, I'm not better than anybody else, but I haven't gotten sick at all. I haven't felt anything. Maybe I was asymptomatic. I didn't even realize it. But it doesn't matter. I've been doing things all along. I've been doing things since May, since things reopened in Ohio. I had a bachelor party. I had a wedding. I've seen friends. I've seen family. I've participated in some activities. I've gotten exercise. I've lost weight. I've lo I think I've lost 18 pounds since the beginning of the year. And like I said, cut out the fast food and a lot of the booze. Do whatever it is that will make you happy. That's okay. We just needed 15 days to flatten this curve, right? 15, just need 15 days, and then the curve, I assure you, will be flat. Oh, okay. Well, 15 days, so April 1st of 2020, we're still doing this. We're still doing this. I'm looking forward to going to another con. I don't care who I see. I could be Puddle of Mud. <laughs> it, it, could, it could be the, the Mars Volta, one of the worst bands I've ever seen live. David Allen Coe was a terrible show that I saw. He, he was basically on death's door the way he slumped over in a chair playing his guitar. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I'd see that. I will see anything like that. I want to get out and I want to do something. I want to help people who have been most affected during this time. And I hope you folks can as well. So that's it for me. Thank you for listening to the Check Your Brain podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Apple and Spotify and everything. And if you do so choose and that can keep this together and keep doing these, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. Subscribe for just five bucks a month. I appreciate you. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe. Stay home. Wear a mask. Just make sure you wear your mask. That's right. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. And so basically we've gone here. I'll leave you with this. We've gone from 15 days to flatten the curve to wear 15 masks to flatten the curve. <laughs>